Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of Nowhere to Run. I'm going to be playing an interview that Frank and I did last night on the Frank and Chris show with Russ Dizdar. So I've just edited down the episode to just the just the part with Russ. It was one of the better interviews that we've had with Russ, so I, I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. It's about two hours long, and um, you can always subscribe to the Frank and Chris show on iTunes, and I hope you enjoy it. Later. All right, yeah, everybody, this is Russ Dizdar. Russ is the is a pastor uh, for 30 years. He's got a very unique and very important ministry, Shatter the Darkness. His website's shatterthedarkness.net. He's also a host on the Revelations Radio Network, so you can check him out um, with his podcast, Preemption Broadcast. And he also does a live show on Sunday nights on Blog Talk Radio. So if you're uh, online uh, Sunday night, late Sunday night, check it out at Blog Talk Radio. Is it at um, 11, 11 p.m. Eastern, Russ? Uh, yeah, correct. 11 uh, p.m. Eastern Time. Ooh, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? <laughs> really good. Really good. Good Great. to talk to you. Always always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I'm glad that you could be on Frank and Chris show. So, uh, hopefully, uh get to have you on at some other point. Um, how, how's everything going with uh, with you? How's the, how's the um, ministry and everything uh, been going? I've been keeping up pretty good with the... Uh, with the newsletters and stuff, sounds like it's pretty exciting over there. It's pretty exciting, very busy, constantly, and uh, a lot of, uh, Chris and Frank, a lot of, uh, you know, battles this summer, it seems like, too. It seems like, uh, you know, we've hit some beehives out there at Bohemian Grove and other places. So um, we've seen in July um, with the Satanic Rebels, the uh, rituals that are out now, even with the Satanic Rebels here in August, um, there's some stuff going on, and uh, so it's been a, a battle for a little bit, but we've seen some good things, and uh, we're we're uh, staying very busy. Um, is there anything in specific? Just kind of open the door here for uh, anything that maybe late, uh, you know, you might feel any particular um, reason to talk about or anything that needs to be prayed about, anything like that as far as just kind of leaving that open there? Well, um, we can always, and we always uh, just um, are grateful for those who pray for us. I think, again, the July and the beginning of August, we have engaged. I, I really do believe there's a number of group we've engaged in a kind of a battle, spiritual warfare battle, and uh, we know that uh, folks that have sent me stuff and uh, you know done a lot of stuff, um, they're doing their rituals, whatever, and uh, we've felt some of the effects, but uh, I'm sure they have too, and uh, Jesus continues to show his mercy but he also shows his power where it's necessary. So I would just uh, say, yeah, I think it's an important time to be engaged in prayer, important time to uh, be ramping up our own uh, our own walk um, and knowing what time it is. That's the big issue. Um, I, I think, Chris and Frank, that, that the issue of uh, time and where we're at is, uh, is very, very vital because uh, it's not going to slow down. It will speed up. And the uh, clashes and manifestation from the dark side will uh, increase. Yeah, I definitely feel like that. You know, it's it's kind of coming into everybody's own. And it seems to me, you know, from my limited perspective, that God's calling a lot of people into their specific ministries and places. And I think there's a lot of seeking of people to what it is that they should be doing, and a lot of genuine looking um, for for what their place is in all this and what their unique ministry is. Uh, do you have any advice for, for those people? Um, yeah, I think that, um, that that's, that's vital to, um, to really you know, know that and to grab a hold. I mean, 
what's more valuable we've been created in Christ Jesus to bear good work you know good works to do good works and uh, to bear fruit and, and and the great news is believers all of us uh, we're all in the same boat we're just totally forgiven we're we're washed and God has picked us up and, and transformed us to be able to do some very very powerful things and very needed things and we need we need to see every believer involved in the Great Commission. Um, if there's any place where there is power in God's activity, in God's heart, in God's, in God's compassion, it really is in the area of evangelism. And uh, and evangelism can occur like your new videos and so forth in the area of giving evidences. Um, it can occur, um, but across the board, it'll always be the power of the gospel. And I believe that all of heaven, everything, uh, God. The Spirit of the Lord, uh, every angel in heaven is bent in this activity of reaching every single final last human being um, before the very end. And so I think that uh, that's it, uh, to take up the cross. So yeah, there's going to be times of a battle. John Wesley, the great evangelist, had a big battle preaching in England one time, Chris Frank, and they threw a rock at him, hit him in the head, and blood started coming down his face. So he reached up his sleeve and he wiped the blood off and he continued to preach and revival broke out. So it's that kind of um, that kind of uh, battle, but success that that occurs. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Frank. Uh, be sure to butt in. I got a whole bunch of stuff to ask, so make sure you butt in there, and because I'll be just talking the whole time. Hey, go to town. Go to town. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll jump in when uh. When I feel like I've got something more important to say, which probably won't happen, but go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, Russ, um, uh, you, you were talking a little bit about Bohemian Grove, and I always thought that was uh, such a good idea. You would always encourage people to target Bohemian Grove in a very specific way in prayer and to pray against a lot of the active spirits at Bohemian Grove. And a lot of people kind of look at that as, you know, Alex Jones's kind of, you know, just a pretty benign ritual, but it's actually, you know, you have, you have had it intel in the past that there's a lot of things going on you know underground per se you know there and so i just want to ask you what 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 has been going on with that in that fight have you seen a lot of things happen with that well there's there's really good news about it too but i i know that uh when i really got burdened with this about six months ago um here's what occurred in 19 around 1994 one of the uh, these ones we call chosen ones that was out of Fort Bragg, and uh, they were one of the most powerful um, on the dark side um, that I've ever seen. The most highly trained, and we engaged for I, I think I ended up spending uh, six, over six years with this individual, working back and forth with them. They, they even moved to our area here. Well, that's the one that sat down in front of me back there in the early '90s and asked me if I ever heard of the place, and I said no, I didn't back then. And they sat there with 11 by 17 paper pages that I gave them, and they drew out map after map of the whole area along with this owl and the effigy of the human being and all these little underground places and cabins and all kinds of stuff. And they also gave me their necklace, which which had a little tiny owl. They were a monarch uh, chosen one, and they um, they described events at the place. And you know, I just had no clue in my mind where that was when they described you know the place and everything else. Now, when they left in '97, I think '90 somewhere around there, '98. Um, 
later somebody literally brought to me i mean like ran it over to my house the the video uh, they got from alex jones and when i saw that and got up the pages and looked at those things again now the person described in detail that the effigy of the human being is not an effigy that all of it is part of the ancient brotherhood um that the rituals that are done and again, anybody that knows ritual work, I think real Satanists that are out there, traditional ones and others, when you know real rituals working and look at that, um, folks, that's that's Chris Frank, that's that's no different than what we've seen done in the conjuring of powers. And um I watched that thing over and over and over again and taking a look at the audience. Maybe some in that audience knows what's happening, but I think a lot of them are duped. And here's what Bohemian Grove's all about for over 150 years in the United States, they've had opportunity. Obviously, they've ramped it up and changed it from what it used to be with a Buddhist, uh, kind of like a Buddha uh, statue they had there to this owl. And, and the type the type of, uh, even if it was a play or an effigy, house come presidents, prime ministers, senators, congressmen, the wealthiest, the media, and military men will actually sit there and watch like a play the sacrifice of a human being for the benefit of them throwing away their cares. Um, you've got to be nuts um, to even say that you've been there to watch that. When I go to a kid's play or a local play in the area, they, there's, no, there's no mock sacrifice to Moloch or whatever, whatever God they're, they're trying to portray it to be. Um, so that's, that's already telling me that They've entered grounds. Old Testament is, is the same as New Testament days now, where they they've had opportunity, guys, for for you know all this time to conjure spirits again and again and again and again, and then send them. The design of the ritual is to conjure the spirits, to have the people located there, and target their audience. So that tells me they've targeted uh, political, military, uh, money, and media moguls for years and years and years. Yeah, and and you know it's I don't even know how I can phrase this properly, but you know uh, I don't know the extent of exactly what goes on there, but I'm sure that these people that are like going there repeatedly are feeling some kind of uh, element of reprise for what they've done. I'm sure that that ceremony actually does have some kind of a an effect on them in that way. I mean, it, to me, it just seems like the most bizarre thing in the world that I'm going to go and watch something like this and feel remotely better about anything. I'm going to just throw all my cares on the on the effigy and whatever. I mean, it's just such a bizarre thing. But when you see these people going back and back and back and back, either they've got something attached to them that is leading them back there, or they're getting some kind of uh, demonic pleasure out of the activity itself. I mean, and there's lots of other things that go on there as well, I know, but I mean, it, it, it just is so much more, I think, than most people realize. I mean, lots of people know about Bohemian Grove, lots of people know about the New World Order, but I think that they just assume that these are like bad people, these are, you know, just the stupid people who believe that they're getting power from this or whatever. And they just neglect to understand the fact that there is a very real spiritual element behind the New World Order and behind, in essence, behind these people. That they are, you know, these powers and principalities in, in high places. Yeah. Well, and, and you're exactly right. 
Uh, one, I'd like to point out, like to com- confirm, like watching that video is the most interesting thing to me is to watch the crowd because it does show that in the Alex Jones video, and they're all just like hooping and hollering and acting real strange. You know, I always thought yeah. that was just the most weird thing about that video. Well, you think in terms of too that um, it, again, if if everyth- if these are the real brotherhooders and the real folks that are undergrounders, they would have done rituals in preparation. For example, like satanic revels. Um, or Lamas that just occurred here a few days ago. All these rituals are usually pre, you know, on two or three days in advance, there's preparation things that occur. They're walking onto grounds that have been dedicated and uh, spirits have been raised. If we look at, you know, the biblical revelation, God's agenda does not advance without the Spirit of God. The power of God advances the cause of, uh, of Christ. On the other side, the evolution, the sequence anyway, of, of satanic evolution and his agenda. It's the same thing. Second Thessalonians 2, power, a, a super secretive, supernatural power. And unaided people, um, um, that power will be effective. And it's, it's just like Revelation 16, which is a ritual that has not yet occurred. It'll probably be the most powerful ritual ever in, in, in human history. But in Revelation 16, there's a ritual with the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet, kind of a triangulation. And out of, out of them... There's a flowing. That's that's kind of typical of high high ritual. We're out of the priest themselves because they've contained many demons. They release them out of their mouths instead of out of a portal. Um, and where do they go? They they target the kings of the earth, which in biblical language in Revelation uh, would be political and military leaders. And those those spirits go out to target in a global sense. Uh, Leaders, you know, the king of France uh, or the Spain, the prime ministers of, you know, all across, and draw them out onto the field with their armies to convince them. So there, we see even there, there's an, an it's totally based on a supernatural uh, influence that guides them, uh, leads them. Talk about voice to skull technology. This is the one who invented this. And, uh, you know, we've seen it in the electronic realm, but this is, you know, spirit to spirit. Uh, Just as God speaks to me, and I know the spirit of God speaks to me and moves me, um, dark spirits move these individuals. And and for the unweddings, as they call them anyway, that that influence is, uh, it's like, just again, the, the, the eyes glaze over, the, the spirits guide and direct in a, in a supernatural way, and it leads to the war. Uh, I, I mean, it's just really, it leads to Revelation 19, the war of, of uh, the mother of all wars of history. And um, we won't get there without seeing the progress of it, and we're seeing we're seeing really just shark fins right now. Hmm. Well, the one good thing about it is, as you uh, often say, is the lamb runs circles around the dragon. I remember hearing a story recently where somebody was talking about how all these covens were, um, you know, um, you know, concentrating and focusing powers and summoning spirits to achieve a particular goal in that or whatever. Like they had all the covens concentrated on it, or, you know, at least the ones that were, you know, cooperating with it or whatever. But then it was stopped by three Christians outside the court outside the frame. And I just thought that was just, you know, just a, a show of whose who's power is, um, you know, you know, I guess. As you, so I, I, maybe if you can speak a little to, to that, and I think that's probably why, you know, you're burdened for praying um, against some of the spirits in Bohemian Grove, knowing that it wouldn't take that it wouldn't take and all that. 
Sure. It, it's like, for example, you can't hit a target unless you aim at it. You can't. You can't. Even if you aim at it, if you don't pull the trigger, nothing occurs. As the body of Christ, we are a vessel of grace to the world to show mercy and the salvation and the healing and and, and help in every way. And uh, that's just something that's ongoing. But when it does come to the enemy, uh, we're still we're still lagging way behind. Most Christians don't know what it is to have spiritual authority and what it's for. Luke, you know, Luke ten. So, um, the neat thing is this: when we do unleash authoritative prayers against the dark side, whether that's in deliverance, the demons. One thing I've found out along the way, because it was, you know. Years ago, it was willy and wild to see, you know, a, a, an invisible spirit throw a person to the ground, look at you, speak through their mouth, and look through their eyes at you and curse you and know about you. And then you had to, you know, you had to respond to that. And the only way is the way Jesus did it, the, the, the disciples in the book of Acts. And what was noticed then wasn't just the felt manifest demonic presence when the demon manifested in the human being. It was the power that seemed to flow outwardly when that authority, you know, went out against um, that demon, and to see that demon cringe and uh, tremble and literally scream. Uh, there's times in deliverance where we'd command the demon, uh, especially in like a Satanist or whatever, to say, you know, we want you to acknowledge, you know, you're commanded right now to acknowledge who is the the real Lord of heaven and earth. And they would just cringe and choke, and they would barely be able to say Jesus, you know. And uh, of course, they, the, 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 you know, people, even even ones that had uh, acquired the powers for their purpose, they wanted to have these demon powers. When they saw how uh, incredibly uh, fearful, I mean, to the point of total tremors and like having a nervous breakdown, demons completely uh, were crushed. So that's true in a demonized individual. That's true that when you sense the demonic presence on grounds, lands, or even in the air, the atmosphere around us in spiritual warfare. Um, that's where the struggle's at, against, not against flesh and blood. So Bohemian Grove, yes, there's priests and others who've planned this, and we need to track that. Yes, there's probably hundreds of victims from, from the 50s all the way to right now that we need to really pray for them to come out. Um, and where they're really shifting things, because that's usually a mode of operation. But, but Chris, Frank, I, 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 you're right on it. You know, the, the Lamb always, in every engagement, Old Testament power encounters, New Testament, especially with Jesus, um, it's, again, just, it's like the Volkswagen racing my old 67 Chevelle 396. <laughs> we would blow a Volkswagen out of the waters, of course. Uh, the power of God is so great, so awesome, it's infinite in, compared, in comparison to this finite satanic power. The difficulty is, if there's no – the laws of engagement, if we don't do anything, they go uncontested. And um, and, and a human being can't detect demonic presence. You, you need the Spirit of God. You need the aid of the Spirit of the Lord for discernment, and uh, you need to know and appropriate the authority to be able to strike it and uh, to deal with it. So how does that translate in prayer for us? How can we – how can we – where should we – focus prayers in first getting that discernment and then how do we incorporate it in our daily prayers and to, to yeah, I, deal with it. Very good. Very good. I, I think that um that we should realize that prayer, you know, I always be getting in with worship and just getting to fellowship with the Lord. But um 
And I use kind of the Lord's Prayer as, a, as an outline. I worship first. I intercede for souls and church and you know, all the things that we need to intercede for, pray about my own needs, uh, you know, deal with any you know, you know, temptation coming to my life, that kind of stuff. Then it says delivers from the evil one. That's when I begin to do warfare stuff. So in all of my praying, it's natural and normal for me to do both. I, I do the blessings and praying for the souls and praying for the advancement of the kingdom and, and so forth. Um, but in all those prayer times every day, there's the, the involvement of uh, targeting where I know Satan is or demons are or individuals um, are releasing uh, powers. Or And here's what I would start. I start with myself. Lord, is there anything... You know, coming against me. You know, uh, Ephesians six is all about our own personal battle at times. So, you know, is there anything coming against me that I need to, you know, Lord, deliver me and show me and give me a heads up? You know, Jesus gave the early disciples a head up when he said, "Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you." So Satan was there. They had no idea. They had no clue. But the good news in Christ, by the Spirit of God, if we're consistently alert, as Peter says in five, you know, chapter five, verse seven and eight. We're, call, we're, we're called on, in, in a very strong terms in, the, in the, the original Greek, to be self-controlled and alert because your enemy uh, is probably around seeking to some, you know, for someone to devour. So um, when I know I've prayed through all the other things, and uh, of course, you know, in a larger sense, there's you know, you know, targeting Bohemian Grove, and, and we've got a lot of targets that we, you know, we have. We have a lot of victims that were, you know, all across the nation, one in, you know, in Germany and England and so forth. So there's a lot of things that we we are doing, but I start with myself, asking Lord, you know, give give a heads up for anything going on. But if I, but I, but I also want to be joined in the battle on behalf of others, and um, so I've got local things here that I go after. Uh, there's a number of, you know, there's people that's flown in lately from that are that are that are chosen ones that are flown in here. Uh, we have others that are coming in. Um, and and so we deal with all that, but I think taking up the cause like Bohemian Grove, I I believe that unco- uncontested evidence will come out that it, maybe even like a Saul of Tarsus where some of these priests or people behind the scenes will be stricken by God and come out. I think there will be victims that will eventually be you know gotten out, but it will only occur with the kind of praying that the early church did when Peter was um, chained and guarded and behind an iron bar, they had no human ability to get him out. But they went together in a little household, and a little bunch of Christians got down, and they began to pray like crazy, and they had no idea that angels of God were dispatched. The chains, iron chains broke off, an iron gate, the Word of God says, opened all by itself, and Peter came knocking at the very door where the prayer meeting was going on. Now to me, that is... The lamb running circles around um, the dragon. Absolutely, um, Frank. Do you have anything right here? I got a few more here. Uh, I was just gonna. I won't even raise the point now. Um, some people in the chat room are talking about something, but go ahead and uh, you know go through what you got to what, what you've got there, and, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. Um, the uh, now you just said you had a you know a chose some uh, some. Victims showing up at show at Shatter and um, and some more coming. I hope everything's going okay with that. I'm sure there's a lot of you know uh, deliverance issues and stuff there. Um, are you do you guys feel overwhelmed or do you feel like you're that that you're being you know taken care of as far as you know as dealing with all the uh, influx? Um, 
I, and part of the um, part of the the pressure at times is because I know there's like five others that would like to come here, and um, you know we have a certain arrangement when they do come. Now we no longer, you know, we used to years and years ago when we had a few other paid staff folks too. We had, um, you know, we we had offices that were given to us to use, and we used those, but we 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 no longer have that. So we just when people fly in, they come to hotels. We we travel to where they're at, and and we do the same stuff. Um, but man, all I can tell you is there's just people out west, all the way to California. We have now a guy that wrote me today from Germany that wants to fly in, and uh, out of northern Michigan, uh, an incredible, um, I mean, a very dangerous thing occurred with one up there, and uh, they wanted me to come, and I already know there's no way, unless I took a full team, uh, there's no way I'd even go there. Um, so... Um, yeah, it can be. Uh, there was a few nights we had to be up here. We haven't had any kind of on-site actually people on our ground like we did, a, you know, about a year ago. Um, so we haven't had that lately, and uh, it just mainly have been waking up in the middle, three o'clock in the morning, so forth, and, and just realizing what has been sent or what has been coming down. Uh, my wife's engaged in that kind of prayer, and even my daughter's engaged in that kind of prayer. They're they're both good warriors, and uh, just listening, to the Lord. So. Um, early into July, probably into June, uh, is very clear for three of us here. Then people who have sent us uh, a concern or one called and said they had a dream about us, about destruction rituals specifically being sent. We have no question what was done, but we we haven't been able to say, you know, see, you know, ask the Lord. We've been asking and asking too, where it's come from. Um, somebody's mad. Somebody's doing something. And um, whether that's because other victims have shown up here in their groups, we had a live actor one from down south, and they have active coven members. Uh, we have the one up in high, really high up in uh, towards Canada. Um, so we have we have, uh, and and again, their people get angry. Um, but again, that's where you know the prayers go up. The Lord shows what what He does, and and uh, there's no question that I know that God, you know, that angels are at work, warfare is going on. But we must stay engaged and uh, be be alert, and um, and in between the times, try to have you know <laughs> fun and do other things. And we're putting out some new courses, Chris. Um, we got brand new ones getting ready to come out, and uh, we're doing that. We're just we're just packed with you know people writing to me and things like that. So um, whether or not I'll, I'll probably wait to the the, the first uh, couple of books come out within about six months to a year. We should have all that done, and uh, and then we may go back to recruiting in a broader way. Years and years ago, we had hundred, we had a few hundred volunteers in one of the ministries we had, and uh, we may go back to that. But right now, it's just um, um, primarily me, a few of the volunteers here, and a few outside of the state. Hmm. Well, um, you know, I know for sure it's still it's still. Uh, probably a very uh, draining on finances and stuff. I've never heard you ever ask for money on any radio show or anything that you've done ever. Um, but I know it's got, I know, especially, you know, with the gas prices and everything, uh, I just want to tell anybody out there that a really good way uh, to uh, ministry is, is shadow is shattered because you get courses like freedom encounters and stuff. I mean, I, I learned so much from that course. It was like 30 hours or something like that, 20 some hours of, you know, um, of in-depth course, you know, with, with the notes and everything, it was one of the most uh, intense things, you know, around. So you get a course and you're supporting Russ's ministry. If anybody's interested in that, he's got a ton of courses on ShatterTheDarkness.net, so check that out for sure. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, do you, and, and it seems like you're uh, still. Uh, I keep looking at the courses that you're coming out with, and everyone's like, "Hey, you know, I could I could be interested in being that." Everyone's like something I want to know more about, more about. That's that's a good ministry there too. Um, right. One thing I wanted to talk about is um, um, uh, just a few questions I've been meaning to ask you for a while. In the situation with like trained assassins that definitely have um, demonic attachment to one of the personalities, if they if something like that was like if they were coming at you with the intent of killing you, do you have any recourse in traditional just taking the authority of the name of Jesus Christ? Is that is that going to protect you at that level, or is it is it kind of a mix between, you know, their will and and the demonic will at that point? Um, I I think that um, yeah, when we've seen individuals triggered and in, in like a lower level personality come forward, they're programmed, demonized. Um, so far, it has been <laughs> it has been because especially if you're all of a sudden attacked, it's a physical thing. And uh, we've had to either bring them down, um, hold on to them a little bit, or where there's been times where runner personalities have come up and took off. Uh, the couple of times when one that had the knife, the bayonet rather, and um, I, you know, I was looking down at my desk. I had no idea. It just slammed into the desk right. You know, I felt my hair, uh, you know, go right past my head. So you know, that was uh, whether you know. All I can say is it had to have been the providence of God uh, because. You know, one inch over, it would have been right into my skull. Um, and the same with the federal officer's wife that had the, the, the needle that tried to inject me. They, um, in both cases, the one where the Spirit of God, I mean, just a second before it occurred, I just heard in my own spirit, the Holy Spirit said, she's going to stab you. And the moment I heard that, I put my arms up, and it instantly she pulled out of a sash she had. She was a priestess. And she pulled this big, uh, a six, eight-inch long, thick-looking needle thing, and um, and I had to physically, um, literally throw her backwards until her husband came in. There were people with weapons in the room, rooms anyway, because this coven was, call, you know, calling for her to come out. Uh, but she was assigned to do what she did, you know, inside the house. So in that case, overall, again, it's going to be the hand of God. Um, but there's, it's not to say that at times we might not get hurt here or there, or we might not get hit. You know, uh, we've had staff that have gotten spit in the face. We had one woman switch to a personality that knew martial arts very well. She jumped straight up in the air, did a full roundhouse uh, kick, and clocked him right in the head. Um, so, um, you know, the real ones, the proof's in the pudding. They're real warriors. And if they're intact and uh, before they've getting, you know, getting healing and deliverance and freedom, uh, they, they, they can cause... Um, so ultimately, I, I just really you know trust the Lord, Psalm 91, that brings about the providential occurrence of just protecting us from being in the situation. We've learned over the years, too, uh, when not to go out to certain places to listen to the Lord about, you know, we, were had, we had a team one time that were down into a wooded area, and... Um, and it was actually an undergrounder that led us there. Um, and uh, we went down to the area, and one was a law enforcement agent. And uh, sure enough, these guys were coming down the tracks. The outer ring of the group, they all had weapons. We had none. And uh, so we backed off of that. Another time when uh, that same law enforcement guy was doing some training and tracking, um, next thing they knew that the, you know, little res- those little red laser lights uh, were all of a sudden on them. 
and they all and they did have weapons, but they backed off because they couldn't, you know, they didn't have night vision or whatever. So there can be stuff like that, and I think that the bottom line is, you know, keeping it totally prayed up, trusting that God can work in a powerful way, uh, even if it comes down to, which is rare, but if it comes down to the Stephen thing where you're standing there and they're going to stone you, they're going to do whatever. Um, the best thing to do is go out blazing because the spirit of God and glory, you know, uh, you know, was upon him. His face shone like an angel, which means literally the presence of the spirit of, the, of God and of glory emanated from him in such a way that they could see it physically. And of course, he was seeing Jesus, you know, seated at the right hand of the, you know, Majesty, and uh, you know, he was taken out physically. Uh, instantly into the hands of the Lord, but so there's there might there might be times in the black you know in the coming black awakening, and maybe some of the little you know episodes prior. Um, I don't doubt that there will be you know just like in Russia, China, and South America. I was looking at a picture of a church that Moody Monthly had where 500 Christians uh, they were either <laughs> excuse me chopped with machetes or shot. Uh, because it was a communist, you know, rebel, you know, regime um, that came back into the, you know, wooded area, and of course, 500 people in a church, just like in Texas, that guy that walked in with the nine millimeter. Well, most churches I know, nobody stands around with a gun, and a guy walks in with a gun, it's, you know, unless somebody jumps up and does whatever, um, you know, there's there there can be there can be that, but. You just can't sit around and worry or concern yourself. You've got to trust that nothing can come but by the ultimate permission of God. Anything that does, there's got to be clearly, you know, whatever reason, if if you're being taken out to go home. Um, and I would just say do it, do it, do it well. Go out with guns blazing uh, if that occurs. But I, I know that's going to be a rare uh, thing, and and obviously. Uh, my personal firm belief of the church, the whole real body of Christ, is indestructible. And even when the Black Awakening occurs, uh, the Great Revolt on their side, um, there'll be some harm, um, but the church will be intact worldwide. And even when Antichrist, you know, sets out an edict <clears throat> to eliminate Christendom, you know, uh, later on, and that's going to be the that's going to probably be the the biggest attempt in global history to eliminate. And and he still will scratch the surface. Uh, and will not be able to destroy. Well, they'll not be able to destroy Israel, nor will they be able to destroy the church. Um, I mean, the true church. Well, so just talk- walk boldly. Walk. Yeah, you got to walk bold and strong, and not you know, no fear. You can't give any fear, any room to it. Uh, you just you just can't. It'll 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 uh, it'll completely snare you. And uh, and uh, God shows greater power, like in the case of you know Goliath. All the great soldiers were up in the rocks hiding. And nothing, nothing occurred other than the constant antagonism until one little guy goes down in the name of the Lord and defeats uh, this enormous, uh, demonically, uh, whether demonically possessed or Nephilim or whatever he was, um, but only by the hand of God. So out on the field, Christopher, that's where the power is, the protection is. You're safer to be out in the field with the hand of God upon you than you are to be hiding anywhere. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a heck of a point to make. Um, let me just ask a, a stupid question. Um, in the time you've been dealing with this stuff, have you noticed like specific, I don't know, regional like hotbeds of activity as far as what goes on with either demons in general or 
program victims, or is it just pretty much evenly distributed all over the place? Um, good question. I think that um, I think that um, the, like the ritual centers like Bohemian Grove would be places. We got to realize that Bohemian Grove is probably one of many. As some of your listeners, I don't know if anybody was going to hear these terms. Okay, Ravenswood, Ravens Tower, places like this, um, where they are known uh, to be, you know, you know, stationary ritual centers. Um, that would be a place where you may, you know, you may, you know, in your own city, your own area, be praying, Lord, where in our area is there really a stronghold and uh, be praying providentially? And, and uh, you know, I, I just believe that if that kind of praying is going on, uh, you, you'll be led to at least find it and then be able to target it. And to do kind of like Jericho, they, you know, without that spiritual march around it and what they did, you know, eventually the walls came down. So I believe that uh, we need to find those places. And yes, I believe they're all over. And I believe that uh, victims that we have dealt with here in Ohio um, in, in at least the first 15 years, uh, the majority of them came out of Pennsylvania. So we went to Pennsylvania numerous times, uh, dozens of times, cities, and we've done our reap trips there in those cities. And uh, that's where we've located more people, places, and found out more information. But then we eventually found out it's only one of the areas, um, California. To, uh, there's numerous areas. So now victims have come from Cal, you know, other places and have listed other bases. And um, so if there's consistent information coming from victims that have come out, uh, of course, a lot of the information is 20, 30 years old. What we need to be on our toes about is where, because their, their mode of operation is when they get found out, move, change people, change places, because it's not their time. Uh, to come out. So tracking them uh, is kind of like the, the spirit of Josiah in Kings, Second Kings 22, where you just, you got to go to where they are and you, you know, that's the only way you're going to really, you know, do any kind of damage to their areas. Ultimately, if you're praying for victims to show up, um, you know, the victims that we just had here from out of state uh, came, you know, came from very close to areas, what, what was called Ravens, Ravenswood. Um, which is not too far from Fort Bragg. Um, and so they can come from all over, and, and here's the issue again. If there are up to 4.5 million diagnosed cases of DID or multiple personality disorder, which 80 or 90% of them would be ritually abused, purposely created, you're talking, you know, let's, let's just say half that number, or less than half, 2 million real chosen ones created, you know, purposely split, you know, personalities and demonized and programmed. Two million. Uh, this, uh, that, it's enormous and it's mind-boggling on the one hand. On the other hand, we know out of the people we've dealt with, the other half have never been to any psych ward yet because they're too intact. They've never been anywhere. So there's, there's another two million that's never even been to a psych ward. And they're out there and they're more controlled by the group. Here's the big picture now. Who created these people and who's handling them? So we need to take, you know, outside of helping individuals for healing, deliverance, uh, inner healing, and salvation, um, we need to look over their heads and say, you know, you know, where where are the sons of hell uh, that have done this? God surely knows. He knew where Cain was. Um, God surely knows, like in Ezekiel chapter eight, when God gave a supernatural 
you know, breaking in a hold of the substructure of that radical evil. And uh, so we need to begin to pray and say, God, reveal these people. Because I believe they have been uh, undetectable because of the powers that they've acquired. Uh, rituals of invisibility, protection, things like that. I, I absolutely believe that satanic supernatural secrecy uh, protects them unless we cut into that. And it's time that we see some of the handlers and the actual splitters, some of them maybe in their 60s. Uh, we, we need to see them even before the great white throne judgment, which they're going to end up at um, payday someday. There's, there's no getting away for them. But uh, there may be some Saul of Tarshish material out there in which if we can target them in prayer, God can break through in amazing ways and uh, they can get out and uh, scream on what has been going on. Great. That's a good word. That's a good word. Um, let me ask you, we've been, I've been getting a little bit of emails, I'm sure you got a lot of them too, uh, about the recent happenings, uh, well, with the church shooting, and certainly with this uh, one that I sent you links to earlier with the, uh, the in Canada, where this Greyhound bus, this guy who doesn't, didn't have like a history of really anything, again, he's one of these, everybody thought he was a nice guy, just kind of snaps, and as the people said, he was, he stabbed this person on this bus over and over and over again, like like a robot, they kept saying. And then he cut off his head, and it seemed like he was just completely calm. Do you have any any uh, insight on either of those? I mean, I know that the the emails are always like, "This is what is this? Is this the Black Awakening?" Uh, what what do you yeah. say to that? Well, like the VTech thing in other places, it could be that a programmed sleeper that something triggered the inside, and they just it, something's broken. You know, you can get a brand new car and have something broken in a week, something go wrong. So they they've clearly have had programming go wrong, triggers go wrong. Those kind of things can happen. Um, in 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 real chosen ones that are sleepers, they would be more um, like one that just wrote me here. Um, the, all they talk about is chaos, blood, slaughtering people. Um, so they're usually not going to go after one individual. Now, this guy in Canada, I'd love to be able to go up there and, and engage him to see if they would allow me. Because it's either sheer total programming that went off. Um, the only other thing could be sheer incredible demon demonization, demon possession, and control of the demon. Because um, he, you know, for this guy to get up and do that and stab the guy so many times, of course, everybody runs. I, I'm not sure how that happened. Um, why somebody didn't have a weapon and take this guy down, I don't know. Um, but the other side of the story is after he did all he did, and of course, you know, they had him kind of locked in here. He took his guy's head off. Well, now the newest story that is coming out from Canada uh, includes that while they were on the standoff, uh, cannibalization, he was eating the guy. Um, so it's either it's either programming that went wrong um, I, I would say more likely a, a massive uh, demonization uh, that because uh, you know you know when you when you slaughter someone like that and do that kind of stuff bloodletting all that and then eating them that's that's some of the that's some of the most I mean in in real high ritual they will do that but only in a precise way uh, this is out of control this is rogue uh, either way whether programming and demonization or just sheer demon power. Um, 
if you think in terms of the guy in Mark chapter 5, I know we look at him as the victim, but the question that I think everybody needs to ask is, how did he get 144,000 demons in him to where he was naked, cutting himself, and they would chain him with iron chains and he would break them? Now, most likely a person that way would have been into something uh, and got into it so deep and then it took over. Um, we don't have anything in Scripture to tell us how it occurred, but clearly it occurred. And um, and people feared to go around him, and obviously they wanted to chain him, whether to keep him from cutting himself or harming others. Um, I don't know, but but clearly, you know, up in Canada, wow, what an, what a horrific thing, man. This, you know, that's why we stand again to say, God, we were we were just nuts in the beginning to listen to the lie and not stay in safety, and uh, you know, we opened the door to this. We did this. As a whole. One thing, Russ, how, how is the 144,000 number there uh, on that? Uh, when he says legion, I mean, that's what people have, you know, you know, just uh, simply conjectured. A uh, Roman legion being 144,000, uh, a legion, you know, referring to that number of people, so or, per, or demons, rather. So, um, now, I don't want to say that's, you know, you know, infallibly biblical, you know, content. Um, legion would be many, for we are many, he said. And uh, so I don't know. It, you know, if that if it had anything to do with the connection of the concepts of uh, the Roman legions that some people brought in as 144,000 in a legion. Um, I had a guy that we dealt with right in front of law enforcement. He had the German background. And, and, and at one point when he was leg-chained and arm-chained, uh, one part of him came forward, the German part, demonized, guttural voice, and he screamed out in front of everybody in the room, all these cops, you know, we are the legions that shall rule the earth. At that point, the cops were freaked out, and they just they just grabbed him and took him off of the psych ward. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to say that's a bottom line factor. Let's just say Mark five clearly refers to uh, many that was inside of him. Do you know of anybody that does a ministry to psych wards? Have you ever met anybody that does that? He tries to deliver um, in cash. I um I mean we we have been up in psych wards numerous times not as a resident but as a visitor. Um we've been up many times <laughs> to see but here's part of the problem with psych wards. The, and especially in, I don't know if it's just our or what. If they know what you're coming to try to do, they won't let you do it. Uh if they know you're coming in to try to do deliverance. So when we would go, we would meet with people and have them take us to their room or whatever and if we could do something there we would. We've just learned it's better to get them out. And have a, you know our own controlled area, our own office or wherever that we can do all that we need to do, because uh, most likely uh, secular psychs are going to stop you, and it may it may you may get a ripple effect. And what I mean by that is if there's a real demon in somebody and you cast it out, it may flow right into an un, un uh, uh, you know to somebody else whose mind and, and emotions are gone. Uh, we've seen that happen. A transference can occur, you know, down the hallway from one room to another room. If there's a if there's another subject that's that's uh, weak or willing or open, but I don't know anyone in particular that can, has that. Can you kind of prevent ministry. that from happening uh, by ordering the the demon not to do that or? Very, yeah, I, yeah, very good, and I, it's, that's that's where we need to be on our toes. You're right about that. That's correct, and and again, a lot of the engagements we do, even when people come in, we've already done ahead of time prayer, prayer map the person, got there. We don't say any of this stuff in advance. And, uh, yeah, ordering them specifically, because they're legalists. 
And if you just say, uh, don't uh, scream anymore, well, they won't scream anymore, but they might try to do something else um, to uh, command that they will not go anywhere, uh, harm anybody, go into anybody else, or when you're commanding them to leave. You know, I usually, I'll say something like, go to the abyss unless the Lord Jesus himself tells you whatever, but don't come back here and don't touch anybody else in this room. You've got to remember this thing in terms of like if you think in a physical way, somebody's in the room with a knife to somebody's neck and you finally disarm them, tell them, get out of here. Well, again, their nature, the nature of a demon, they want, they're, they're already sniffing out who they can grab a hold of. Uh, if you think in terms of, and I, and I don't, I don't want to. It's not about slandering celestial beings or anything. But if you think in terms of a rat, that all they care about is the smell, the scent of any kind of, you know, rotted food or whatever. They'll they'll try to get to no matter what. Uh, the demonic realm will look for the smell of uh, weakness, fear, and uh, openness um, to at least do something, attach. Uh, try to force its way in. We had a psychiatrist sitting next to a woman. The demon that was up, its name was Stario. And I, and I said in advance, and, and here's what we learned along the way. I said, in a moment, Stario, you're going to be commanded to leave this body, and, but I have one more thing I want to ask you. And, and before I could even ask the question, it, the, the spirit literally took over that person. They reached over, grabbed the psychiatrist's arm, and they were about an inch away from biting into this woman's arm when we commanded, stop it, you know, and they had to, they froze, and then we said, that's it, you know, and then we just boldly, you know, got the thing out of there. Well, and again, whether you and I believe it, they believed that by biting into the blood, there could be a transference. They were looking for a raw transference. And the psychiatrist um, came back the next week, it was a Christian lady too, and she said, uh, Russ, I just want you to know, this week, after I, what I saw last week, how real this is, I've made sure every area of my life is clean and right, and I've done everything to you know, keep, you know get my life right before the Lord, which was very, very good. But uh, you're right. Uh, order them, tell them. If you perceive things, um, forbid them to do a number of things, and, and really clear the area too. When when and if you get one or two out, make sure you know to be able to command us. You know, one time a pastor in California was telling on a tape. Uh, he commanded. He said, "Now." In the name of Jesus, is there anybody else in there? And a spirit answered and said, "Nope." <laughs> um, and there are sometimes there are funny situations, um, but but it answered, and uh, of course they con- they called it to come forward, and they ca- you know they they made that one leave too. So we've learned uh, where there's many spirits in one person, usually there's one head one, and so we've learned to go after the head one and contain the rest, and make all of them go at one time. Frank, uh, I've been taking over here. You got anything on, on all this stuff? No, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, a couple of guys in the chat room wanted to get Russ's take on uh, Todd Bentley. I don't know if you want to go there or not, but uh, they were uh, just trying to get your attention. Um, here's what I do at this point, response. Um, I... Um, I, I had people send me stuff in June about him, and I've asked people ask me if I'd, I would publicly go out and do you know a broadcast, podcast, whatever. Because when Brownsville was going on, there were some strange happenings too. So we drove down there with the team, and we went into the place. And generally, there was some great, awesome things occurring, but there was infiltration too. Um, that occurred in Acts chapter five when Satan tried to infiltrate through Ananias and Sapphira. So 
here's what I'm saying right now as I'm looking. I, I'm disappointed in the kind of leaders that have gotten around and just openly, you know, said whatever. I think that a number of things we need to track Todd completely. Now, I, I'll come out if I go down there, unless I feel led by the Lord. But if I get to go down there and have an engagement, uh, then I'll probably come out more. But here's what I know so far. Um, it's strange because he comes from you know out of the out of the country from another country. He comes declaring that he was a Satanist. Does that mean that he was a multiple? Does he does that mean that he was one of these satanic warrior monks you know that had separate personalities and separate demonized personalities and that maybe his upfront personality is quote the so-called Christian one or whatever? What I'm seeing is what I've set, dealt with right here locally. We had a guy that would get on television, go to different churches play the piano, sing Amazing Grace, preach, and prophesy over people. And at the same, the same night, uh, Blade, his other personality, other personalities would be out, um, rec- you know, getting some of the you know, other victims, people that would come to him during the Christian meetings that said, oh, I came out of this abuse or whatever, he would contact them. We had eight of his victims. Now it's gone up to about 200 victims. And uh, he was very proficient in uh, creating personalities. He was sexually a pervert, uh, but he was on Christian television until we went to that Christian television and dealt with him and told him what, what this guy is all about. He had the ability to come into churches where people, we sent a team in, and the people were applauding and even singing and preaching and everything else. But the sub-personalities within, demonized, can stay crouched down with Todd Bentley. After looking at two or three or four of the um, videos people have sent me, I've, I, my, my thing is watching the eyes, dealing with multiples, dealing with the chosen ones types. It, looking at the eyes, you'll notice that when one personality is up, it could be one color. Looking at another personality, it could be another color. When a demonized personality comes up, you, you'll definitely see the darkness, the glassiness, the sense of two or three people looking out at you at once. Um, my concern, and I can't verify it yet, my concern, that's what I'm saying right now, my concern is that it's possible that he is, um, that he is a multiple, that on the upfront side of him or part of him, whether trained or, you know, planned, uh, and maybe he's amnesic to it, doesn't know what's really inside of him, but inside of him, the way it works anyway, whether he is or not, the way it would work is the upfront would be act like a Christian. That's how they infiltrate churches, and they can pray and praise and do things. But at the same time, co-conscious, sub-demonized program parts can be unleashing demonic presence, counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles at the same moment. And the upfront person can think, oh, that that they knew it was something supernatural. That must have came from the Lord. And it didn't. It came from, uh, and we've in, we've engaged that right in front of our faces here numerous times, and we can see how the counterfeit, how 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 seductive this counterfeit stuff works. So, I would say this: Let's all pray that if Todd Bentley is a multiple, if he's a if he's that kind of one, then we need to pray heavily for that ex, the absolute exposure of the subpersonalities. Secondly. There's got to be somebody on the outside handling him then. Because even taking a look, here's a guy, I saw early pictures, you know, you know, so-called clean cut. He had long hair. 
all the stuff going to occur, you know, then he gets thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of tattoos, and, and some of that's really strange stuff. Uh, some of the teaching that came slipping out of his mouth is very strange stuff. So you can't have a mixture. It can't be, you know, it can't be the spirit, you know, you can't, it, it just can't be the, you know. So I, I want to know, I want some clarity on it to be able to, you know, directly say this is what it is. And what, and guys, it bugs me because I have seen chosen ones have the ability to completely uh, fake out churches. Uh, to the point where people are thinking, wow, these guys are really, you know, this is really good minister, or whatever, whatever. Um, and, and yet the sub-personalities are preying upon sexually someone inside the church, or trying to, or releasing false stuff. And um, I think that, I think in watching, you know, pieces and parts of what's really inside have been slipping out. And... Um, I think we must really pray, you know, for whatever's there to be completely exposed. Um, and uh, by God's grace, if we can get down there or wherever he's at to kind of engage it, if I can even get up to him, I, I, I just would engage. It's one thing to be somebody out there as a minister and just be off and be immature and off and acting, you know, crazy and not really knowing your stuff. Uh, this is much bigger than just that. Um, and so I'm just saying, everybody... Look at those YouTube videos. Look, just keep looking at his eyes. See if you see the same switch that I see. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, um, very interesting. Let me ask you, Russ. Uh, have you ever had um, a deliverance um, only manifest in somebody as a or a, a, as a sickness or something like that? Has somebody just been sick and then you were able to have the discernment that it was spiritual and then they were not sick anymore after afterwards? Um, yeah, um, we've had, well, we, we had, this happened, this, you know, we've had a couple of times where somebody either was getting sick, um, and we commanded or, or would pray for a, you know, demonic presence to be bound and forbid them to making, you know, even prior to deliverances, there's been times that individuals get sick and say, I got to go home or they want to throw up or, you know, pass out. And, and, and we've learned that, Hey, if the demonic is causing this, we need to stop this. That has happened. And of course, in, 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 Matthew's Gospel, we see where Jesus healed somebody. It says when he healed them, the demon left, the spirit left. Um, so that can occur. So when I go to pray for just physical healing, you know, and, and just ask the Lord to bring healing to somebody's life, if nothing occurs right away, of course we're going to look into that. But I, you know, but it's important to say, Lord, is is this a demonic thing? Do we need to command something to go? Um, and the proof's in the pudding. If it's if it's a demonic presence is causing a sickness or or even some kind of uh, you know long term thing, uh, if it's really a demon that's causing it and it's uh, it's it's enga- it's engaged and kicked out, then whatever sickness it brought will go too. Very interesting. Um, one more th- interesting thing I wanted to ask you about is um, Frank's been doing a lot of research on theosophy. And I know that you've talked about it in the past, and a lot of the stuff that we're looking into as far as some of the, we'll call them, false teachers, a lot of these people that are, are misleading, a lot of the people that are waking up to the, the actual truths of the real world, we'll call it, are being kind of herded into this the theosophy way of thinking. And I, I, see, I see theosophy as possibly something more than just 
you know, a, a, a kind of side road, you know, deception. I, I don't know. I always get the impression that it's, it's a major player in this uh, deception. Do you have any, any idea about it in that, in that way? Yeah, I think you're completely 100% right on in thinking that they're part of the uh, forefront of the spiritual evolution of the consciousness of man, the transformation of man, and all that kind of stuff. Um, when we uh, kind of, um, I don't want to say counter-infiltrated theosophy, we, it's an open place you can go. We never really wanted to t- tell them who we were at first. Uh, we, we wanted, actually, we were going to see if we can pray and, and cause manifestation or a power encounter. Um, and, and that's still an ongoing thing. Uh, we don't go every week. It's every so often, especially when they have certain speakers that are going to channel things um, and will engage. Uh, the last time we were there at the one in our area, um, they uh, they had a couple of them that were trying to use their powers to read us to say, well, who are these guys? What you know? And and so it's been kind of an interesting thing. And one time, one lady was giving past life things, and I saw her doing this one girl, you know, there, and this this psychic lady saying, "You've got this in your past life," and going on and on. When she, I couldn't stand it. When she got out of the meeting, I, I went directly to her and talked to her about reincarnation, and as as opposed to the resurrection of Christ and what it is to you know the resurrection body coming, the glorification, and really engaged her. And um, as a matter of fact, a week later, when we was out in Soul Winning Night, she was at the coffee shop. Miles away, and I, I, just, I just walked right up to her and I said, "You remember me?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "This is providential," and I and I I, I pull out a gospel track, begin to talk to her again. Now she was really a deep student of the area, but at least I got to engage her. I think, Chris, that uh, Theosophy and uh, uh, the, the society, um, because of Helena and specifically Alice Bailey, I um, I know the secret doctrine stuff was you know. Dictate. I mean, literally, if you think in terms of the Word of God, the inspiration of the Word of God, 40 writers, three continents, over 1,600 years, three languages, the incredible work of, the, of what we have is called the Bible, the inspiration of the Spirit of God, um, to where we have living words, power in the words, um, to this very day. Uh, on the other side, the counterfeit is inspiration of didache of demons. Now, You've got to be careful because if you study some books that literally were uh, inspired, the demons were in, on, and guiding even the hand as far as automatic writing, like uh, The Course of Miracles. But if you have them guiding their minds and flowing through them, you have a similar um, situation with with the writers of of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit naturally, through the redeemed people, wrote... The demons, for example, Alice Bailey. It is without question her book, the the externalization of the hierarchy, is literally a ascended master's manifesto. If you do study that enemy, you know that's that's studying the enemy's camp. That's looking right down into their files. You will see a book whose writer was guided by these spirits. I believe the spirits said the Holy Spirit prophesied in. 1 Timothy 4, 1, these spirits guided her, spoke to her, gave her prophetic elements. So when I'm studying and reading her material here this last year, the externalization of the hierarchy, um, I, am, I am constantly throwing it down, picking it back up, looking at it again, um, and saying, this is the exact agenda that the Word of God already reveals as far as that sequence of satanic evolution. 
the concept of uh, the Christ consciousness, the evolution, how science will eventually break the veil, um, how there will be new developments in technology, science, whatever else. Guess when she wrote it? 1934. So what they did then... Um, has been going on. So Theosophical Society, uh, Unity Churches, people who've been really guided by her book, they will be the ones that are engaged in the seed groups. They will be so inclined to accept the, the, the spiritual convergence that will occur at the same time as the Black Awakening to where they think that the arrival of, uh, of the new era has come and, and they're going to cheerfully, since they're already prepped to the gills, it's going to be very easy. Uh, it's like they've climbed the fence and they're on the very last rung. And, uh, and then at that moment, they'll be just grabbed and brought over the fence. And they're, and they're goners, basically. But they are. They're, they're forerunners. And um, if anybody does do you know, studying the enemy stuff, do it prayerfully. I, I'm serious when I say that. Uh, her book on telepathy. I had to literally pray over that book. Um, because I felt such... Con- you know how you take magnets and you take the wrong ends and try to put them together and they don't go? You can feel that presence between the two. That's, that's, it's almost like a person. I felt like the book was possessed. And, uh, and uh, they're, 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 they, they are what the Holy Spirit said. They are the very things that the Holy Spirit said. Doctrines inspired by, given by specific demons. And they attend to their works. And you're reading right into the enemy's camp if you do read that material. Yeah, and if anybody I, I, if if anybody yeah. believes it, if they believe that dadake, and then they begin to do that, then that that immediately, at the very least, they will be attacked. They'll have attachment. They'll be completely. Uh, they'll have an attachment uh, by believing that material. Yeah, just in in my own research, I thought I was you know going to be able to just put a series of podcasts out about it, and uh, I get through like the first you know, week of, of research and this stuff. And it was like, I just, I, I continuously had to stop. Just like you were saying, I had to just keep stop, stopping and praying and stopping and praying and putting it down and coming back to it. It, it is just like you said, it is, it is uh, just a manifesto of, of demons. I mean, it is the whole plan. Anybody that's familiar with Bible prophecy and the book of Revelation and Daniel and everything knows you have to know absolutely just looking at that stuff exactly what it is it's the blueprint for how they're going to bring it about and the demonic powers and entities right behind it it is just mind blowing <laughs> you're right it is mind blowing and um, and uh, and see but I, I think what you're doing is good though in the sense the kind of the spies of Israel I believe in this I believe in going in and spying Without compromise, spying the enemy out. How are you going to expose darkness, like it says in Ephesians 5, if you don't know it? If you don't know what it is. Now, we know it objectively. We don't know it by practice, um, of course. But, um, and, um, but I think we have to research and say, you know, look, this is exactly what the Spirit of God says is going to happen. And... Um, and reveal some of that material, and 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 and, and then it, when you engage people from you know the Theosophical Society and so forth, um, we got to realize that they're probably they probably have um, at the very least not only the sense of the blinding Second Corinthians four four that Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers so they can't see, but 
if they also then accept the doctrine, the demonic presence has a legal right to at least attach mentally uh, to them. And that's why it might seem a little harder to get through to them. And they need a clear, they need a real clear blast of uh, the of the, the presence power. Well, the word of God is still more powerful. The word of God will cut through, and uh, and, and then praying for them. That's why we prayed. We'd go right into their meetings. I, I I you know we almost had it one night. A lady's eyes rolled back. I thought for sure, right in the middle of this thing, this lady's going to manifest. I'm going to get up. We're going to deal with this. I'm going to I'm going to command the spirits. Going. And that's what that's what was my, you know that's what I was ready to do, but it didn't occur. And uh, so if it does, I, you know, if we get thrown out, okay. But if we do things in the right way, it's not just to go in there and, and say, aha, you guys are wrong, we're right. It's God's right, we're all wrong. God's right, and uh, we're here just simply to, you know, sh- you know, try to, you know, well, do what we're supposed to do. I'm sure that when the girl in the book of Acts that had the python demon, when they kicked the demon out and she could no longer predict little things for them and make money, um, you know, that's... Real demons kicked out, uh, the, the abilities go too, which is some people, you know, the sad thing is some of the folks on that side want to hang on to the abilities, uh, and they would rather have those abilities than the living Christ and, and to their own doom. Um, but nevertheless, I would rather risk the engagement, uh, unleash the gospel, which is uh, infinitely more powerful uh, than any spiritual stuff they've got, and beautiful in, in comparison I believe what they have, you guys, is is a mirage, a spiritually uh, empowered uh, balloon. It looks shimmering, shining, beautiful, new age evolution. And um, finally, when Antichrist comes, he's going to pop that balloon, and they're going to be slaves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris is having some technical difficulties. I don't know when you have to cut out. but uh, Okay, I, you just tell me when I... Yeah, I, I, I am here okay. at your guys as, uh, as a guest, and if we're done, I'm more than glad to uh, let you guys go. I'm not even sure what time it is. Let me see. Oh, we're already at 10.35. So you tell me, uh, Frank, where we're at. <laughs> we're at – basically the way we do this is we just talk until people stop listening. So uh, I don't know how long you want to you wanna be here for. I, somebody just asked another question if you want to uh, try to touch on that. They just wanted to know about um, items – being demonized, like Dungeons and Dragons stuff, or I don't really get the full gist of the question, but they wanted to know yeah. if you know anything about it. Um, yeah, we we do, and I think uh, if they ever get a, a chance to get a hold of a book called The Satan Hunter by Tom Wedge, a law enforcement guy that we knew, uh, he did a chapter on uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and he also engaged the group called Bad, bothered about Dungeons and Dragons, because one of the founders' uh, sons uh, committed suicide and was high up in Dungeons and Dragons. And there's a lot of suicides and even some violent things connected with it. Uh, the difficulty with Dungeons and Dragons is in the upper levels they have some of the demons that are called on. The very names come out of the Satanic Bible. And the truth is, if you call on real demonic presence and real demonic names, uh, it's like a, a dog outside a pit bull that knows its name. If you call on it, um, uh, they come. Um, they, if you open up and play games with the Ouija board, if tarot cards, whatever, open those doors, they will come. And when they do, um, usually they're unaided. Are we still here? Yeah, we're here. 
Okay, I just heard some beeps and some stuff down. So I would say, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons, you're dealing, first of all, you're, you're engaging the realm of fantasy, uh, somewhat make-believe, but I believe that just like, um, the, it's a doorway. Uh, it is a doorway that can lead to influence. It can lead to um, satanic synchronicity as far as the spirit seeing your interest and then wanting to push you into deeper or connect you with other stuff. Um, or invade your realm of fantasy. Uh, and if a person is unaided and they don't know how to def- you know, even detect, let alone defend themselves, uh, they can get um, attachment, things like that. And there's alternatives out there. To pl- you know, there's some other stuff out there, but uh, there's, I'm just telling you frankly, there's, 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 as far as Dungeons & Dragons, it is clearly uh, a bigger and broader uh, possible doorways than even the Ouija board. Um, uh, the, and it's the realm, you know. It's I've heard people come out, oh, you know, Christians can play it, you know. And I heard even a guy that was supposed to be a Christian that was uh, in the company that was saying it was okay. It's not okay. Um, you know, bring it under the grid of Scripture, under the grid of the Spirit of God, and uh, and and ask, you know, and, and, and you know, I would rather be like Daniel and resolve not to be defiled anyway. And uh, um, that's it on that. Okay. Um, we got a couple callers. Do you want to, do you want to talk to them or should I tell them? Sure. Yeah. No, I've got time. (laughs) All right. TK, are you there? TK, are you there? Hey. Yeah. Hey, Frank, what's going on? Nothing. You got Russ on the line here. Russ, ultimate respect for you. Big fan, man. You totally drive hammers in the spiritual (laughs) war. (laughs) Well, we're just trying to do what we can do. Hey, I had a couple questions for you that um, I was uh, just kind of meandering based on some of the stuff that was going through the chat room. I was going to see if I could pick your mind. Sure. Okay, the uh, first thing, this this Bentley Todd or Todd Bentley, whatever his name is, I've never even seen the guy. But yeah. I know that they say that there is no confusion with Jesus whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. So if, right. if this guy is causing this many people... Um, that are true believers to be wary, isn't that a bad sign right there? Very bad sign because, and here's the difficulty, you know, the Word of God in First John tells us to test the spirits to see whether they come from God. And there's particular tests in the book of First John, doctrinal, character-wise, by the Spirit himself, confession-wise, things like that. Uh, we're also told in the book of First Corinthians that God is not the author of confusion. So we who have the Spirit of God and we're walking with the Lord, um, if we get checks that something in church or something doesn't seem right, I always say, pray, follow that check. If you get a little check in your heart or in your spirit, begin to say, Lord, what's that about? What's going on here? So I never really heard of them either until just like in June. I, I just really haven't. Um, and people begin to send me stuff left and right. And what I, all, I, all I've been able to do so far is just take about... I don't know, six, seven, eight of the video things that they, I was sent, and look at each one of them. And, and in, my, in my field, I'm looking for the signs of multiplicity, the kind of, you know, the kind of infiltration chosen one stuff that I, I know that we've dealt with. Um, so overall, I see some real problems. The Emma Angel, 21-year-old Angel, is definitely a problem. Um, how he got it to come over his camp is a problem. Uh, the leaving his body, going straight to the third heaven on at will, is definitely a problem. Those are all things that cult multiples 
um, are easily able to do or say they do. Um, so, and some of his doctrinal issue things that have come out, clearly those things are kind of, you know, those things are wrong. And then some of the things you see. Now, don't forget that in the end, Second Thessalonians two, that uh, according to, you know, in accordance with the work of Satan, with counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles. So they're going to look just like real ones, and it's going to seem like they are real ones. And Jesus even talked about, hey, there's going to be people coming in my name. And look what he says in Matthew. Um, you know, they, they say they cast out demons, they did this and this and this. Um, and Jesus is, and, and it's in the Greek in the perfect tense, he says, I never knew you. I never knew you in the beginning. I, don't, I never knew you. Um, so there's a possibility uh, for counterfeit. Counterfeit looks like the genuine almost. Um, and that's why it has to be dug into. When I heard Rodney Howard Brown years ago doing this stuff where people would fall on the ground, walk around all fours, one guy was walking around on all fours, lifted up his leg like he was peeing on a church pew, and uh, this guy goes, that's from the Holy Ghost, and if you don't believe that, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You know, I basically threw my, you know, you know, a hat at the, at the TV. No, the Spirit of God says, test the spirits to see whether something, you know, whether that's coming from God or not. And I think that if we see something so bizarre even though it's supernatural, and even though they're trying to put Jesus in there, uh, we need. there's nothing wrong with saying, Jesus, I love you, and here I am, and I want to cut into this, and I want to see what's going on here, and, uh, and I think we need to. So you're right. Confusion does not come from God. Uh, erroneous doctrine does not come from God. And, um, and uh, strange, uh, you know, he, again, he and he alone seeing the angel coming up and down, on, on, you know, in all this, uh, and now they're trying to, you know, get rid of the angel thing altogether. I guess so. Too many things that are wrong. Um, that if they're not open to scrutiny and to say, let's dig into this, then that's even a bigger problem. Well, I'll be honest. Um, a lot of you know, since I got into this thing, you know, I started reading books like ten years ago when when I was in college, and you know, I started like getting more and more involved, and you know, I I. I got into that whole aspect where I wanted to, uh, I guess, study my own faith and see if I could prove it wrong, and it ended up making me stronger. And I've gotten to the point now where any of these, uh, I call them circus clowns because they make me laugh, but any of these like circus clowns that come out and start saying these things that just don't make sense, it's, it's like this, uh, it's like someone pulling your fingernails down a chalkboard in the back of my head to say, no, yeah. this this isn't right, and and I, I equate that to the, the Holy Spirit saying um, this is wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. My uh, my vernacular is sometimes a little bit strayed as far as how I explain myself. But I tell you, I, I, just hearing like Jordan Maxwell and Sarion and some of the things that they've said, you know, yeah. I, I equate that to the Holy Spirit saying these people are wrong, and, and it, I'm grateful that I actually have this guard for me. Sure. Well, you do, and and again, we every believer has the Spirit of God, and and as much as we're aware of His presence and yielded to be filled, um, we should have a you know Holy Spirit discernment perception. Then we have the Word of God, which, like it says in the Book of Hebrews, by constant use, we're able to distinguish good from evil. So there's the Word of God, and again, the Holy Spirit, it, the Word of God is His language. So anything that is spoken out that doesn't fit the Word clearly would not be from the Spirit of God anyway. Any practice that would not 
uh, be clearly in the Word of God would be, you know, not part of it. So we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Word of God, and then we have the gifts of the Spirit. One of those is discerning spirits. It's the ability, you know, when, a, when that charismatic gift is in a believer, it should be the ability to instantly say, uh, you know, instantly. It's like your antennas are even stronger than a regular Christian in the sense of uh, this either is or is not from the Spirit of God. It's black or white. And that's what we have to take a look at. Um, the difficulty with people like Todd and those guys is where there seems to be a mixture. They're inside the, the context of the church. People, There are real Christians there that are praying. Now, again, he could be a full-blown cult multiple in there bringing about some of the direct signs, wonders, whatever else that are going on and even deceive people for a period of time. If enough, you know, or it doesn't, take any, it doesn't even take a whole bunch of Christians. If, if there's Christians that can see and say, you know what, God has clearly shown me, and, and pray through that, the proof will be in the pudding. If he has real uh, demonic powers that are operating, anybody going to pray for the exposure and dealing with it might, might find themselves engaged in a spiritual battle. Um, because this is big if it's involving hundreds of thousands of people now. But you're right about the fact that if you feel, as a believer, all of a sudden that screeching in the back, that check, that sense of, mm, this is not, something's wrong here, usually, it usually is. And uh, just, just ask for the Spirit of God to give you more insight. Any scripture, the Holy Spirit can bring you a scripture to mind. Uh, pray, because demonic power tries to shield itself and keep itself hidden, undetected, as it, as it counterfeits even. So aiming our prayers at anything that's out here counterfeiting to be exposed and manifested and dealt with, uh, the authority we've been given, still, Jesus said, to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. So I, I, you know, whatever's going on there and other places that you've been checking in with Jordan, you know, also obviously uh, deception, uh, incorrect, and uh, needs to be pointed out and... Um, Hopefully even the people that are being deceived like this, like Saul of Tarshish, he was on a track that thought he was doing right, man. He was hurting Christians, but he was wrong. And uh, Jesus stepped in on him. This kind of uh, leads me into uh, the, the second question I wanted to ask. Um, because of these uh, wolves and sheep's clothing like Maxwell and Sarion, I've basically been forcing myself to go back and reread a lot of the stuff I did. And I started back with Bill Cooper because I figure that he's really kind of the spearhead of what people really call the truth movement, whether or not they want to really admit it or not, because he was doing it long before it was uh, cool to podcast, so to speak, right? Um, and when I was reading it, I came across um, a couple of like things that really just kind of set me back that sounded, I mean, it was almost like everything that you're fighting now but it's something that he warned about 15 years ago, and he, he was speaking of this Project Orion, where, uh, and I'll read you what straight out of this paper. It says, uh, using drugs and hypnosis on mental patients in a process called Orion, the CIA inculcated the desire in these people to open fire in schoolyards and thus inflame the anti-gun lobby. Um, and that just set off a light to say, holy cow, I mean, this is something that, we knew about, quote-unquote, 15 years ago, but everybody just kind of turned their heads, and now here it is on the front page in the news every day, and people think that it's it's not what it is, but it really is this, like, sinister, evil plan set in motion. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. And that just kind of flipped me out. Well, and I think that's, you know, here's what occurs. When, when we begin to crack in, 2 Thessalonians 2 talks about a secret power of lawlessness that's already at work. The Greek word for work is ergei. It means a supernatural operative power. So, again, our CIA has been, you know, infiltrated all the way back into the late 40s, and, and, and obviously they could not handle the spiritual wave that flew, you know, that, that flowed from, from the Nazis coming in. And, and, and that, there's no question we have a shadow, a real, real shadow government, I believe. I, think, I believe that's a biblical reality. Uh, the whole movement towards uh, the one world issue is, is part of that. And here's the difficulty. It's, it, the difficulty is when we get little pieces uh, you know, when I look out into the ocean, I've been out there many times in the West to see, and I see a, sh- you know, if you're seeing a shark fin, you, you know, that means if you're smart enough, that means it's connected to a shark with big teeth. You just can't see the big, the whole thing. And so, a lot of what we get to study and look at are we're, we're definitely detecting the shark fins. What we need to do is see if we can just ask the Lord to take us in, like with Ezekiel chapter eight. And um, we, if because the only way to cut into more of it is to pray that that their secrecy be broken down, that uncontested evidence be brought out, that more corroborating evidence be brought out, that even some of the high up people would be encountered in such a way that they get totally saved and come out. And if they come out, the the truth, you know, again, the proof's in the pudding. They should confess and tell, you know, what what the agenda is. Um, so uh, you know, but that's that's then you're that's 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 again kind of crossing the line, and and, and you're you're penetrating the enemy's camp, which they're not used to, and uh, you know you're you're delving into where both on a physical level there's people that are committed. You can call them Luciferians, whatever you want to call them. They're committed to that agenda. They're committed to the overthrow of the United States, for the sake of the coming agenda. Um, but but with them and behind them too is you know the demonic. Um, uh, you can't be a part of that underground program without being a part of the demonic flow. Um, so it's it's going to be you're correct about that pieces and parts that we've seen twenty fifteen ten years ago. Uh, if we hammer on them, prey on them, go after some of them, we're going to find uh, clear satanic smoking guns. And then what do we do with it when we find it? Cool. Um, so, I, I really appreciate it. I don't want to uh, take up any more time. Um, I really appreciate you talking to me. You have a, a calmness in your voice that is a true blessing, Russ. I really appreciate that. Um, well, blessings and, to you, and, brother. Good to see you. And thank you for having me, Frank and Chris. As always, you guys rock. Chip it up. Thank you, Jay. Take care. Good to hear from you. Thanks for your time. It looks like we've got a few more callers. you got a few more minutes where we can um, – I know you're already kind of I'm, a little – Past where we said, but is that all right with you? I'm I, I'm ready to go if they're if they're there and you're ready to go. I I want I'll be here. I'm I'm ready to go. Okay, we got one more here. I wanted to um I wanted to co- confirm something he was saying. You know, I think uh you know with the video that I put up on YouTube, usually um usually people are just have every negative thing to say about anything that I've ever put on the YouTube thing. It's just real a real vicious thing. But with your videos, I haven't I, it it's like a it's weird because there's no negativity. I don't think people have anything that they can say, you know, they can't say this guy's a liar. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This guy's crazy. None of those things, you know, would stick. So, I mean, it's, it's really funny to watch the absence of, uh, of anger, you know, in that regard, I always think it's, it's really, really entertaining, I guess. 
Um, well, I think uh, I, I think the one video you put up of ours, um, I did see where Catherine Albright wrote a note, and then after that, some guy named uh, Satan Buck Satan or something like that. <laughs> I saw this guy, you know, put something up, and I thought it's like, yeah, the guy doesn't know who I, you know, I mean, you could just see again, it's this part of excusing his own um, his own insecurity over the issue. Um, and anger or whatever else. So, th- and, and I saw some people put some stuff up against your um, uh, thing on on the evidences, and what you did on the evidences was correct and good. And and and, and what we find out is there's some pretty serious people that have studied that that look for you know they look for minute things to try to reject um, in apologetics. But it, you know it comes down again. Keep proclaiming the truth. Give the evidences. Um, the good news. If they get out on the, you know, I like when they get out on the field and engage. And if they're if they're going to engage, at least they're going to engage to hear the gospel, to have scriptures to be challenged. Um, and some of them that are trying to hold on to their belief systems might, you know, get their fur up and <laughs> throw you a couple of of their hand grenades. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest challenges, Russ, and I, I know it's something that um, you do really well in from your blog talk radio show. I've seen, but. Um, well, I've been really, it's been really deal, uh, dealing with me lately. It's just uh, to not have, I, I'm so quick in like the, when I would, I'll engage these people when they write comments and stuff, I'll like send them private messages and like, you know, question them about it and stuff like that. And it usually, inevitably, I end up having some kind of like, um, there's, there's just tinges of pride there, you know, when I'm, you know, and I have a tendency to be kind of real snappy about it. And I just, I've been, I've been really dealt with a lot on that recently. I've been trying to do it in as loving a way as possible, but that's just one of those things I'm, I'm really, really working on. If anybody's got any prayers to spare, I could use them in that regard for sure. But, um, well, just, you know, you're doing the right thing, Chris. That's the good news is you're out there, you're doing the right thing, and we, we get tempered along the way. Uh, as long as it's the Lord tempering us and shaping us and not them telling us how we should be and how we should talk and how we should and should not, um, I don't leave it up to that side. Just leave it up to the Lord and, uh, you know, speaking the truth in love. Because the bottom line is to win an argument and lose a soul is useless. Um, it's not the, the, the reason we would even argue the truth uh, or uh, give a reason, a rational, you know, to, to speak and defend and, 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 and do that and to engage people ultimately isn't, again, to win an, uh, a debate. It's already, to me, won. That's my whole issue. It's already won. Uh, you know, the atheist, I, you know, they can throw up a billion arguments. They're wrong. Um, and so it's not about that I have to prove them something uh, or have to even win in a debate with them. Uh, Jesus is real. I can pray for them. The Spirit of God's going to go after them. He may even do something incredible to reach them. And like Stephen, I, I, that's what I'll pray. Let's all pray for Chris because I think this is Chris. Um Stephen, it said, nobody, you know, he got to the point, he's, so, he's filled with the Spirit of God. He was a second generation believer. Um, and it says they couldn't stand up against the wisdom or spirit by which he spoke. So both those, Chris, the Spirit of God and the wisdom. And uh, now, of course, that still made some of them mad enough. Um, you know, Justin Martyr did that. He blew away in a, in, a, in a debate. He was an apologist in the other church, and he blew away uh, the other guy in these debate things, and uh, the guy wanted to come after him and clobber him. Um, so just just trust the Lord to give you a spirit of wisdom, uh, uh, you know, to be able to do it with a, with a spirit and, and with a wisdom from God that they, they can't stand up against with this in mind. The goal, even with 
even with people that write me, I mean, Chris, they write me and cuss me out to no end. Um, uh, so I'm talking about the bad guy. I mean, really bad. I even talk about you know bloody you know they're going to cut my guts out. Um, well, <laughs> then when I respond to them in certain ways and throw out some prayers, you know, every so often I'll see a, them literally a crack in their hardness. Um, Grace cracks that. Overcoming evil with good does bring uh, about uh, coals of fire on their conscience sometimes. See, I, I think you're doing good. I think your videos are stuff, and it's just part, you're in the fray. And in the context of that fray, there may be some very – like me. If you were trying to reach me when I was 18 years old and I heard you trying to do this, I would have been back there like, man, I've got my spirituality. I'm into Buddhism. You don't know what you're talking about. You you blankety-blank. You blankety-blank. You say one more word. You blank. I would have been blanking you out. <laughs> but that, then I got saved because people like you kept wouldn't leave me alone. So you're doing good, and, and you're going to break through. You're going to see the – that's some of the best advice I've gotten all year. That's some good stuff right there. Uh, looks like Adam in Friendswood. We got we got him on the line. Hey Frank, Chris, Russ. Hey, hey man. Hey Adam. Hey guys. Russ, I've got a real world situation I want to present to you, and 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 I want to get your opinion on it, and maybe even a little bit of advice. Um, you hear me? Okay. Sure yep. can. Excellent. Okay. My uh, my wife's sister. She's she's thirty five years old. A few years ago, um, you know, several years ago, she'd moved to California. She wanted to get into the show business there, um, and uh, she she was trying to get a job with CBS. And, and to do that, she joined some Christian business group. I, I don't know, real shady stuff. Uh, they had this uh, two-week retreat uh, on a mountain somewhere in Northern California. And during this two-week retreat... Uh, somehow, she went crazy, and I, I got a phone call from West Texas, you know, 600 miles from here. She'd been arrested by the Department of Public Safety, uh, driving erratically in the middle of the night. She was speaking in different voices, didn't know where she was, who she was, speaking absolutely crazy stuff. And uh, we drove out there to get her. We discovered over the next couple of weeks uh, – that they they had put her through tremendous sleep deprivation, they had drugged her, yeah. they had used her uh, to 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 get different forms of credit. Uh, she they started bank accounts around the country with her name and her information, wrote hot checks wow. everywhere. When I picked her up from the DPS station, she was saying, uh, it's easy to say it was crazy, but she was saying she was she was pregnant with the Antichrist. A lot of strange occultic things. Now, when we got her back here, of course, we went through all the blood testing. We checked to see if she was raped. Uh, she was. We got her. See, we had to put her in an institution for a week or two. They they put her on some pretty hard drugs, but she was ultimately diagnosed with MPDs, and then later, okay. uh, and then later she was diagnosed with, um, uh, uh, you know, the real highs, the real lows of uh, emotions. What is it called? Anyway, bipolar. Bipolar. Thank you. That's right. Um, now her mother is very traditional Catholic. In fact, she was originally a nun. Uh, her getting pregnant what got her out of the, being a nun. Anyway, she uh, she won't touch us with a fifty foot pole. Scared to death yeah. of anything remotely demonically related. So yeah. here's my question. Um, we want to get her help. I'm sorry, but all the yeah. drugs they're giving her, uh, yeah. they're not working. You're right. You're right. So, they're not going to work. So here's what I need to know. Is there some way 
that I can that I can test this because she's the right age to truly be uh, uh, schizophrenic. Yeah. Uh, but I want to I want to know I want to know for sure if she if, if she could be yeah. possessed. Is is there a way we yeah. can test it? Well, there is. I mean, you can you can you know get over her to pray over her and come and call and ask for the Lord's safety and guidance. But ultimately, you're going to command anything demonic or any ruling head spirit that may be in her, commanding it to come forward without any harm to her or anybody else. If she's multiple, the difficulty is if one personality's up, the demonic presence could be hiding in the submerged personalities. Was she at Mount Shasta in North Carolina or in Northern California? I don't know. I don't know where the location yeah. was. It's probably it's probably where it was. Um, it a couple of things, Adam. That's what you'll have to begin to try to do, and I and I just still believe that the Holy Spirit will be with you to guide you. Uh, listen, I'd love to fly in there and help you out direct, or have you know you guys can fly bring her here. Um, because if she's multiple and had a number of things done to her there in a so-called retreat. Um, then we need to deal with personalities, which is different than a demon. Um, and we need to deal with the demonic side. And uh, and even even her, as far as her, her, her core person, who she is, uh, this means that if she's multiple, she's diagnosed with actual separate personalities, which if it's a psychiatric center, the DSM-4 and 5, you know, they have diagnostic... Even in their secular stuff, they have diagnostic, you know, testing for that particular thing. So if they diagnose, if they diagnosed her as multiple, most likely there's not just one or two personalities. There might be ten, fifteen, or twenty. That means, though, Adam, that they were they they didn't create them all there at one time. They've been created before that. Hmm. Well, and, and, and maybe I've, came forward. I've I've my wife and I've talked at length about this, of course, and. And I have asked about about her history, and apparently she was molested by a relative when she was little, um, which yeah. which does tend to explain a lot of her behavior later on in life. But but the snapping point was this really bizarre retreat that she got involved in. So, yeah. but but back to my original question, you know, some way of testing the situation. Now, of course, I wouldn't want to do it here at my house with my children yeah. around, but but I would like yeah. to do it in in a form where her mother is there, this traditional Catholic former nun. So that she could see yes, and get that confirmation that we're not dealing with some some psychological issue inside her mind. We're dealing with true yeah. spiritual demonic forces. So right. I can get permission because she's the legal guardian. I, I can get that that yeah. permission to to do what I need to need done to to to, to get right. rid of these uh, uh, right. spirits she's dealing with. Even if you get rid, of, if she's multiple and has submerged personalities, if you get rid of the demonic, that won't take care of the personalities. Though, they'll if if there's sub if there's sub personalities that even if they were trained or programmed or whatever, if that's the kind of information that's coming out of her mouth, then more has been done to her, to her than than even her mother thinks. Now the question I would do I would do this, Adam. I would. Map the whole thing. Prayer map, like put down the mom's name, all the relatives, anybody involved. Begin to look for the link. Who could have been there to do this to this girl? Um, and look at the mother carefully, because in Catholic backgrounds, uh, if she, if this woman, 35 years old, is a multiple in the sense that she has 10, 15 uh, purposely created subpersonalities with assignments, jobs, or or you know they have agendas along with the demonization. That means 
that years ago somebody helped create them and use them, which means they are they understand how to do sophisticated work, um, and that it comes from the old system. The old system of how to do this is trauma based, and um, it needs to be looked into. If she was brought up in the Catholic Church when she was a child, up to her teens, which Catholic, which, which Catholic Church? It's you know then you'll need to begin to look for an infiltrator that knows how to split, program, and demonize the human being. Well, what you're telling it's going to be me, big. It would, it would, it, that would indicate to me that there's been that we would have seen some some sign of this before the incident at this this retreat, which we didn't. well, yeah, not it's not yeah because she was she may have been what's called intact. If they're intact, that means. It's like a screw being tightened down into wood all the way. I mean, you've got it screwed down. You can't screw it down any tighter. It's tight. It, it's not going to come loose. Um, something, this retreat, and again, I would map out and find out who these people are if they're, you know, because it's one thing if she went to a retreat where there was, you know, something by the Spirit of God caused what was inside of her all to come up, and then they didn't know how to handle it, and then she just took off. That's one thing. Another thing would be who are these people? If they did sleep depri- you know, deprivation, if they did f- – that's totalism. That's, that's pure cult. No Christian group, no Christian group can, can – I mean, it just you, you just can't do it. Absolutely. There's no re- – I mean, fasting fasting's one thing. We, we have no doubt that, that what occurred uh, was definitely occultic in nature. I mean, what she's able to tell us uh, is it very dark stuff. I'm sorry? Was it Opus Dei? Was it a Catholic group? I, I don't, I don't know. The name she told us was a very generic name, Christian Business Retreat. I mean, something really strange like that. And uh, I researched it. I went. We, we, we had to actually fly to California, get all of her stuff, bring it back here to Texas, and go through mm-hmm. all of it. And I mean, we couldn't find anything about these people. All we know is what she told us that she was there, and she had. Um, one little brochure from it, and, and again, it's just Christian business retreat. Very, very simple okay. language. Uh, but Do they have anything online? Uh, I could not find anything online about it. Okay. Um, All right. Russ, is well, it possible, like the Patty Hearst situation, did they do that, like, really quickly with, with her? And if if somebody can do that, can they create that many personalities? Is it possible to create that many personalities that quickly? Um, You know... Um, I, I'm, I don't believe that they're able to take a full-grown adult and split them preci- with precision, especially if – here's how you detect it. If the inside personalities, if you end up getting to talk to them, um, if one of them 17 and one of them's 12, that means no. That means back at 17 and at 12 years old, that's when the actual split occurred, when the, when the trauma was done. And then the personalities were submerged uh, and could have been down there. Um, so the and again, if a person's intact, here's how the cult works. They know how to contact the inside subpersonalities without the upfront person knowing. Um, and what you've got right now is that, that it's all broken out. Um, and again, saturate all of it in prayer, pray for the exposure, all the providential you know works. And then you are going to have to go after everything if you really want to. You know, see who's done this and 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 everything. But ultimately, ultimately, she needs the the drugs and or hypnotherapy will not heal her. Absolutely. Um, no, she needs the on the deliverance level. Um, 
And and Chris, if you know, if you write to me, Adam, I will send you the whole Freedom Encounter thing. It's kind of like the local thing we've done to do the basic training on how to approach the difference between demons and human subpersonality. Human subpersonality, you, you, no matter what, you, you cannot command it just to leave. It's real human personality. It's part of her. It's like looking at her hand and saying, hey, I only want the thumb there, so I'm going to command all the fingers to leave. Um, real human personality that has been split, and if it's been programmed, if it's been used and abused, um, and if they have anything inside of her that's loyal, um, it's all got to be looked at. And it sounds... It sounds more, Adam, like like this. This is this. Somebody's behind the scenes on this. That's helped create this, and and you might find it when she was eleven, twelve, thirteen, four. A Catholic church background. Uh, somebody there did it. You might have to take a look at this mother. Look into her eyes. See what you see there. Uh, see what she knows. See if she's willing to talk about the history. Uh, she has uh, look at the grandmother. Uh, huh. I said her mother. She won't talk. Uh, no, she won't talk about any anything of that nature. Very traditional Catholic. Um, raising my wife and, and of course her sister, uh, uh, a lot of history of putting the fear of the devil in them. You know, there'd be a knock on the door. Oh, that's the devil knocking to come get you because you didn't do this. <laughs> you didn't do what I told you. A lot. Of, I mean, her, really put a lot of fear. That's in horrible. Up I agree. Of, of the devil and demons. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, now, there was, and there this was, would be more than that, though. Yeah. What she's got right now, though, would, I mean, you can't, you won't be able to create personalities and totally demonize a person just by doing that alone. It's got to be more than that. The, uh, and, the medication uh, that she's on right now does suppress the MPDs, uh, the the multiple personalities. Um, mm-hmm. When she, you know, people people like this will think they're getting better. They'll discontinue the drugs, and they'll relapse back into this this psychosis or whatever you want to call it. Right. And of course this is yeah. this has happened now about three times. But it's it's almost to the point of dysfunctionality. She can't operate in the real world. She can't hold a job. Um right. she, and she's a danger. Uh a yeah. few weeks after we brought her home from the, the psychiatric facility, she she broke a glass mirror and tried to kill her father with uh, the gro- broken piece of glass and then her father said she was uh, screaming at him in a voice that wasn't hers; it was a man's voice, and uh, right. scared the hell out of him. That would be that would be a male protector part, uh, either a cult loyal part or a male protector part that would assume that he would be, you know, maybe lashing out at him as a perpetrator and trying to protect on the inside. Adam, if 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 you guys want to talk with your family, um, you know, we've done this numerous times. You know, we can come in that direction. And uh, you know, it's, you know, that sounds pretty volatile. I don't know where you're at. You know, as far as um, I mean, you guys from Texas? Uh, I've lived here almost my entire life. Yes. Okay. Um, that's up to you guys. But I, I mean, I can help you as much as I can over the phone or over, you know, send you this, you know, Freedom Encounter course or whatever, and you can begin to at least look at it, listen to it. Um, but is this um, something I, I, you, I don't want to embark on myself. Uh, do I need to go with someone who's trained, or is this something that I can learn to do and and knock it out? You can, well, you can learn along the process, but she's volatile. If yeah. she's switching to personalities and 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 coming out and tacking, then uh, we need to find out who those personalities are and why they're doing that. All right. And you know, you might say, you know, and this again, 
you need to have, you know, with her being volatile, you need to have people there. You might say things like, is there a protector inside? You know, you know who I am. I'm not, you know, I'm not a perpetrator. I'm not going to harm you. Um, I'm willing to answer any questions. Give, you know, you got to put them at ease in the personalities because she's, she's going to be what's called co-conscious. That means when you look into her eyes, you're going to get the feeling two or three people looking out at you. You're going to already you're going to have to realize that if she's really multiple, that other personalities already know who you are and what you're about. And that's good in the sense that they would know, well, he's not a perpetrator, at least. Um, so, you know, personalities are going to have to be engaged and talked to and put at ease. And uh, so you might find a guardian, or if you just say, do you have a protector inside? Usually in a woman... A protector will be a male personality. Right. And it'll sound like a male. If they switch, they'll act like a male, talk like a male. <laughs> I've watched them where they switch over and take the earrings off and push the per- you know, purse away and wipe the you know, uh, um, lipstick, you know, lipstick off their lips because <laughs> it's like they're embarrassed. Uh, they, are, they are really, really a male-oriented personality that will be up and will be totally, totally different than your sister-in-law. And uh, they have the information, why they're there, who they're protecting, um, and, uh, and, uh, and who they know has been per- perpetrators in the past. They might have – you, you just ask them, ask another question. Here's another, is there any secrets on the inside that you're trying to protect? And if you get a massive reaction out of that, then you're dealing with somebody in her in – her, you know, it has to have been when she was 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 – that was has to be somebody that had enough time to pull her aside and create the subpersonalities, physically abuse her numerous times, um, and maybe create other personalities inside, and then submerge them and keep them down as long as possible. But they don't—they're like beach ball. They don't—they don't stay down there forever. They eventually start popping up and just going all kinds of things. And then if she's never noticed it before. You know, she might now begin to say, you know, I, I used to hear voices in my head, or I felt like somebody else was around, or I missed, I was losing time. Yeah, that's a good then, question. Um, I never, I never asked her that. I, I have engaged her about, about this issue, and she's, she's acknowledged the fact that, yeah, it, it she very well, could be possessed. Um, but and the possession, pra- yeah. Here's a practical question, though. Now, with with Yeshua at my side, I fear nothing. <laughs> Okay, except I, I do want to ask, do I, if I engage in this confrontation, do I risk being spiritually or physically attacked? Yes. Yes, you do. But so what? Um, you know, we risk that driving down a car, uh, you know, uh, the road and being smashed in a, in a car wreck, too. Sure, I understand um, that. We, so, so what I'm saying is, yes, we do, uh, but for her sake and taking the mercy of Jesus to her. Now, the demonic side... If there's manifestation, you know, you have authority. Just command it. Stop right. it. Shut up. You know, all that to get out. Now, the difficulty, again, that's if she was a singleton, just her alone, that would right. be easy. Command it. Get off. If she's going to fall to the ground. The demon's going to leave. I've seen that happen, you know, hundreds of times, too. Um, but if she's clearly multiple, and think in terms of a tree. Some limbs might have demonic presence. Other limbs don't. So it's getting to those limbs, getting the switch to occur in order to engage the demonic. Um, 
And uh, so overall, here's the overall basic approach that we have in Freedom Encounter, the materials that we got. When you engage multiple like that, again, you have one or two people there to work with you in case there is to where she, if she switches to a personnel, I had a girl, a cops brought me up to, and they videotaped this. They brought me up to a place in Pennsylvania, six foot, six, big old woman up in Meadville. And I'm sitting on a couch, you know, and I, I'm looking at this chart of hers from the secular counselor. And I said, well, I want to talk to this personality. And I, and I did, Cause, because the, the psychiatrist said she was all healed and was going to give the kids back. Well, personality came up and talked to me, and I looked down further, and I said, I want to, start, I want to talk to this one here, Dark Star. And they're like, no, no, you don't want to talk to that one. And I said, no, I want to talk to Dark Star. And, the, and I said it again, and, and, the, and the girl switched to this male uh, cult-committed personality that punched me in the face before I could do anything. I mean, just... And I was sitting in the chair. They were sitting they were standing over me. And when they you went to do it a second time, well, you know, it's a girl too, though. Uh, even as big as she was, you know, you have to get up and you know, sit them down. Right. Um, but um, and again, sub personalities. You know, maybe in talking with her ahead of time, you know, talk talk low your voice. You know, to say, listen, I think there's other persons inside. We want to help you. We want to listen to you. Um, we don't want to harm you. You can look at us and ask any question you want. And uh, is there a protector inside? Is there a little one inside? Is there somebody that wants to talk? And you're, what's you're her first name? Actually, engage in a conversation with personalities. Yes. Right. If okay. it's demonic, if you're getting into the demonic side, uh, I would say, I would say, you know, no. You're, if you if you detect if the spirit of God gives you a name of a demon, or you detect when you deal with that side and you come in. You know, let's just say her name's Joanne. I don't know what it is, but Joanne is she? You know, just have her sitting down. Um, as you begin to pray over her, and you just, in the name of Jesus, we command that uh, that there'll be no demonic takeover, no harm will be done. We ask the Lord's presence to guide us. We command in the name of Jesus Christ, if there is any ruling demon inside of her or her whole system, to come forward without bringing any harm. We command you to do so now. Sometimes a multiple say they're here because uh, the demon won't come all the way manifested. If you understand the idea of a, they're they're, they're a little bit behind the personality in that sense. Somehow, sometimes it'll be full manifestation. There's no question. But if she says they're here, or she says there's someone named um, Gazelzel or whatever here, then you command in the name of Jesus, Gazelzo, you will not harm anybody. You will stay where you're at. Every demon is commanded to stay uh, completely bound. Uh, command them to look up into the presence of Jesus in that realm. And you know, you know, just speak to the demon like that. And uh, say, you know, you're, you're commanding. And you say, are you the head demon of the whole, all of them? And uh, if they are... Uh, they would say, if you sense they're lying, command them again and ask the Lord to, you know, to to deal with them and say the Lord's going to bring judgment on you right now. You're going to be sent to the abyss if you don't, you know, because dealing with multiples and the demonization there, it is different than any regular normal <laughs> uh, demonization. Right. Um, it is much easier to get a demon out of a person that's not multiple. When they're multiple, it's because there's more. Uh, it's like they can jump from one limb to another. One personality inside, they can jump to another to try to hide. And that's why there can be erratic stuff going on. Your sister-in-law could be getting the thoughts and memories of other personalities could be floating up into her head to where she thinks she's just going crazy. She could be hearing voices in the back of her head. 
she could be losing time and not realize that she doesn't have the same clothes she had on that she had on earlier in the day. And so if the mixture is there, yes, you can sit her down if she's willing. Go after the demonic side first to command anything demonic. And say, we're not speaking to anything human here. We ask the Lord Jesus to protect anything and everybody human here and to bring his ministry to the human, you know, everything that's human here. But anything demonic, you know, to call it up. And ultimately, no matter what, how much is there, whatever you're going to deal with, you're going to kick it out. Right. The other side of that story is you're going to, you know, engaging those personalities. Like It's almost like going to a house where, you know, 5-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 20-year-olds have all been abused and hurt. And they don't know who to trust. And it's going to take some sensitive ministry to get them to talk to you. And uh, we talk about in our training, how do you bring them to healing on the inside then? To where you bring her back just to one single, you know, core personality, and it t- it's a process. I've never seen it happen in one night. Now, are you in Indiana? I'm in Ohio. Ohio, okay. Well, I tell you what, I'll I'm in Ohio. I'll, I'll send you an email, and, and you can give me that information, and maybe you can sure at the very least help me find someone um, who might be able to help me with this situation, yeah. so that we can get this sure. taken care of. It's it's just gone on. Sure. Entirely too long, and it's to me, it's yeah, you know, it does. It it just it's bur- you know, it's, you know, it just it, it breaks my heart to hear it, and uh, and for what would happen to her. So, and there's ways to go in to be able to find out more about what occurred up in California too. There's people inside of her probably knows exactly what went on, um, but that's the other side of the story too. Um, you know, she needs to be you know come to the healing. So anyway, just yeah, please do email me, shatterxmail at sbcglobal.net, or go to my site and go to the contact page. Right, I and uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll send you this course thing. Just take it and use it to help you out, whatever. But if uh, if you feel, uh, you know, I, I, I've, again, I've, you know, I've been to California and many times in North Carolina and Spokane and all over for this kind of stuff, um, we're, we'd be willing to help out. Well, I appreciate the information, and uh, you'll hear from me. Uh, thanks All a lot right. for the time, everybody, and I guess I'll sign off. Thanks a lot. God Thank you, Adam. Bye-bye. Take care, Adam. And uh, just for anybody that may be listening on the or downloading these later, uh, the courses Russ is talking about, you can go to shatterthedarkness.net and um, and find out about this. Russ, when I looked into and, and took the course of Freedom Encounters, one of the things that was amazing to me was, as you were saying, when you're dealing – after – all the deliverance is done and you're dealing with the individual personalities, how it's like an individual apologetics ministry per each, um, you know, very hurt individual. And you've got to take that person from where they are to, you know, to Jesus Christ. You know, you got to, you got to do just like you would going up to somebody walking on this, you know, on the street. I mean, so it's like, it's really good practice for evangelism, I'd imagine. It is. It really is. It's, it, it, that, and that's what, you, and Chris, that's what you're doing. You're really evangelizing. You're using apologetics for hardcore. You know, if you got if you got a real chosen one there, you got if you got Luciferian or you know cult committed priestesses and parts, it, it it involves that kind of. Um, it will involve spiritual encounter to where when they do see deliverance, inner healing. That does move them like crazy. But they they've been trained not to talk and engage Christians in the first place. Once you get to engage them, though, and they start thinking, and the Holy Spirit begins to work on them, well, pretty much when they get to that point, you're, you're on your way to winning all all of that over. 
and bringing everything over. Um, and you know, you bring them eventually to, to have an encounter with Jesus and bring healing to where that rift is healed and personality you know, is coming back down to just her, the main person. Right, and I've, it's, t- it's, that, it's hard. And that actual process of, of the personalities, literally these real personalities actually leaving, and as you put it in that to, you know, uh, the way that process happened, has that ever happened in, in regular psychiatric um, healing? I mean, do, that, do secular psychiatrists, mm, are they able to do no, that? No, they... The secular world will kind of engage personalities, and they may work with people 10, 12 years. And, uh, of course, you know that, that's thousands and thousands of dollars, too. And here's their approach. Uh, on the one hand, psychiatrists and others will say, don't talk to personalities at all, because if you do, that strengthens their existence. In other words, if you don't talk to them, they'll weaken and kind of go away, which is not true. They just don't. They just sit around and wait till they find somebody that will talk to them. Um, the second side is um, to give coping skills. Some have done hypnotherapy to try to kind of block the use of personalities. And again, they don't go away. Others have done what's called integration, where they get to a personality and they finally talk them through after you know numerous times of meeting and say, are you ready to just go, like say the person's name is, again, Joanne. Are you ready to go back into Joanne and be one with her? And they finally say, okay, okay, well, go ahead then. Goodbye, and they go. Um, they call that integration. Um, what we've seen with that is that if other issues come up, well, that little, the one that said they went in, they come right back out. Um, and uh, so we don't see, and in, those, in that secular field, I've never seen a, an absolutely totally healed multiple, never. They've got to be encountered by Jesus. All I know is the way we do it is we ask the Lord to come right in to meet with these personalities, engage them, and for them to be just literally given over to the Lord, and, and they go. Um, they, they're, they're, all I can say is they're healed. He doesn't annihilate personality. I don't know how to explain it completely, but even the person knows, in other, and if there's any other personality, they're, they're gone. What If Joey was there, he's gone now. And happy, and there's a healing that occurred on that. It's like one branch has been healed, and then there's been times where 10 or 15 at one time will go to meet with Jesus and surrender to Jesus and go with him, and they're all gone until finally, um, well, like I did with Zeph years ago, a, 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 a talk show with a girl named Tracy. Uh, she's comp- they, she, they flew me in down to her state down south, and we spent a number of days to kind of finish up what was done earlier. And uh, she has nothing else in there but her. And she really loves the Lord, and she's really, you know... And as a matter of fact, she just emailed me and, and uh, wants to do uh, a, a talk, you know, wants to do some kind of show where she gives testimony about it. But man, and that's, that's a, yeah, that's a, it's an incredible show you have. To, I mean, you've, you just literally opened up the show to... Uh, to uh, uh, I'm sure you're going to have some great conversation and engagement uh, with this show now. Right. Major. Um, well, I know we're about to head out. I, w- I wanted to ask you uh, one thing that kind of came up with that conversation with you and Adam. Uh, you know, with the protector, um, let's say that a lot of the deliverance had already been done and you're dealing with a protector personality. Who Who is a protector's loyalty to? I know you've talked a lot of times in your in your courses that you, you it's a really important personality to make an alliance with, and they understand right. that you're – not a um, you know an infiltrator you said or whatever, but um, who is their loyalties to? Are they afraid of what are they afraid of? Who are they hiding secrets for? Right. 
If usually, I mean, if it's a homegrown protector, they're just simply saying, "I don't want her to tell anything because I know she'll get hurt," which means the little ones inside will get hurt. So I'm not going to let you talk to anybody. They're protecting her from doing, you know, from spilling the beans so that the physical body won't be, you know, taken somewhere and hurt. Um, but the cult-created protector is usually there to make sure that no secrets get out, to control that, to maybe even punish other personalities inside who, try, who give information. Um, they're usually tired of their job. Um, of always having to run around protect, you know, keep information from going out, and they'll tell you they do it. They're, they're doing because they don't want to get punished. You know, if 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 they don't stop other personalities from coming out and talking to you and telling the truth and telling on the coven and uh, wanting to get free, then they will get hurt. If you can tell them, listen, if we can help you, especially, and this is what I tell them. I can bring you to an encounter with Jesus where you can ask Him yourself. You can have an engagement with Him. Uh, You can go with him, and no one will ever, ever trigger you, contact you, get to you. No one can touch you. They like that. They like that idea. Um, And if it's a protector that's like, you know, they're really, I'm Lucifer, you know, they're they're Luciferian, they're more committed to, you know, the Antichrist. Our Antichrist is going to come. Then ask them things like, um, where are your people now? Haven't they lied to you? You know, what's going to happen in the future? Why do you think they're afraid to let you study the Bible? Things like that, and that gets them thinking. I mean, that's that engages them. Um, so, and again, the more time you have to talk with them, now they might get tired and say, "I need to go down now," and she's going to come up, and everything will be, you know, then you might have to do it another day. Um, but ultimately, the goal is to uh, work through a thing, you know, work through. And again, here's the neat thing: whether the main person or subpersonalities, when it comes to human will and personality. God doesn't violate human personality like they do. Um, he'll empower personality to make the right choice and to move the right direction so that he can or will do. But he won't. See, they've done. They've been created out of forced trauma. Their will has been split up, uh, and God just won't work in that way. Because I've been frustrated. I was like, Lord, I want this done now, tonight. This person needs to be healed. Well, that's like, you know, then, then are we going to use the tools they did to force willful decisions and uh and all that kind of stuff we can't that's that's why it takes a little bit longer uh we're dealing with what they've 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 really messed a human being up this way and uh at this point of the game anyway the the only way i know to do it get rid of get rid of the demonic side and begin to just engage the personalities with the love of christ the the truth of christ apologetics of christ um and uh, bring them to jesus to an encounter to get healed and turn to him and and um, and sometimes the Lord, you know, they come out and they say, well, the Lord Jesus wants me to tell you more stuff or tell you where this meeting is or tell you where this uh, storage room place is that has boxes of material. That's happened. And uh, they've, that way they've turned over stuff of actual physical evidence. And hmm. sometimes that occurs. But that usually yeah. occurs when the person is healed enough to where they're not freaking out and uh, bad things aren't occurring. Well, uh, Frank, do you have any last uh, questions for us or anything uh, that you've been thinking? No, I just want to thank you so much for coming on with us. It was it was really, really informative for me and I'm sure for a lot of the listeners. And I think it's yeah. uh, been a good providential thing, especially for Adam that uh, was there listening. Uh, and 
Uh, I pr- let's, you know, just keep that keep that sister in prayer because it's sad to see them go through this. They're they're really they really are like a slave to what's been done to them. And uh, there is a way out, but it, there's not a whole lot that have uh, been able to you know move in that direction to help them. So we'll keep Absolutely. them in prayer too. You guys appreciate it deeply and uh, anytime. All right, Russ. Thanks a lot. Thanks for stopping by. I hope to have you back sometime. If you have anything that you need to uh, to uh, get out there, we would uh, be happy to be a forum for that for you. So, thanks Great. a lot again. Thanks, Christopher. Absolutely. Blessings to you. Bye bye.